Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Perhaps you've read the books or maybe seen the movies that have been spun out of the popular Left Behind series by Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins. I have to admit that I've not read the books or seen the movies, but the plot is based on a popular misunderstanding of the rapture and what would follow. The popular understanding of the rapture is that God will take true believers out of the world, will rapture them into heaven before the great tribulation comes on the earth. The storyline in the series is about the chaos that ensues, and about the nominal Christians, now true believers, who must prepare for the tribulation that is to come. This understanding of the rapture is based on a misinterpretation of a passage in Matthew. The idea that Christians will be removed from the earth, will be taken out of the world to avoid the coming tribulation, is not supported by Scripture. When Christ ascended into heaven, he left his followers behind, staring up into heaven. Those same followers were not removed from the world of unbelief. And they certainly were not shielded and protected from persecution or tribulation. You only have to get to chapter 4 in the book of Acts before the Jewish council in Jerusalem is threatening the disciples and telling them not to preach about Christ. In chapter 5, they're arrested and beaten for speaking the gospel and confessing Jesus as the living Messiah. Two chapters later, Stephen is murdered for his faith in Jesus. And that same day, a great persecution begins against the fledgling church. The history of the Christian church on earth is filled with persecutions, imprisonments, and martyrdom of many whose faith in Jesus is contrary to the powers of darkness around us. Jesus himself says, If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And Jesus tells the parable about the wheat and the tares. A farmer sowed good seed in his field, but an enemy sowed weeds. When both grew up together, the servants of the farmer asked, Should we pull up the weeds? No, the farmer replies. Leave them together until the harvest. In John's Revelation, Jesus tells the church in Smyrna, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. The Apostle Peter writes sometime before he was martyred, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has called us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And of course, nearly every one of the apostles were killed 
some horribly for their confession of Jesus as the risen Son of God who gave his life for the world. No, the Lord hasn't taken Christians out of the world. And why not? What's the purpose? What's the purpose of the church? What's our purpose here on this earth? Why have we been put where we are, with our neighbors around us, in our respective families, members of University Hills Lutheran Church? Our epistle reading gives us the answer to that question. Paul writes, while he is in chains, remember, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit. In humility count others more significant than yourselves. Look to the interests of others. Do all things without grumbling, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Sin has corrupted this world. It's turned everything inside out, so that to the world, bad seems to be good, and good seems to be bad. And in a small way, we understand that corruption because we see it in our own flesh. The way of the world is to think well of ourselves, to believe we understand things better than other people. We're like Lake Wobegon of Garrison Keeler fame, where we're all strong and good-looking and above average. We're conceited, and this leads to rivalry and jealousy, hatred and pride, thinking that we're more significant than a whole lot of other people. The way of the world is to look out for number one, Make sure you get yours and don't worry so much about the other guy. But Paul writes to the church at Philippi and says that God has left you here in this world for a reason. You are not to act like the rest of the world. You are church. You are children of the Heavenly Father. As followers of Christ, as little Christs in the world, Christians... You stand out like a beacon in the dark. Peter Jacek grew up as a pastor's son in communist Czechoslovakia. Christian persecution intensified in 1968 after Red Army tanks rolled through Prague. Peter's parents were constantly monitored and one day arrested by the secret police and interrogated for their activities of distributing Bibles and other Christian materials. Thirty-six years later, Peter was arrested for his Christian activities. He was arrested for his work with Voice of the Martyrs, for working with and encouraging Christians in the Muslim-ruled country of Sudan. He was charged with spying and sentenced to life in prison. He soon found out that his cellmates were ISIS extremists, one of which had even been a personal guard of Osama bin Laden in Tora Bora. Peter was beaten often and threatened with death. During his 14-month imprisonment, Peter shared the gospel with prisoners. Several Eritreans became Christian. After being held for months, 
Peter began to see that God had a purpose for him, even there in the darkness of prison. Peter was to be God's instrument to shine the light of Christ in that dark place, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, as Paul says. God has made you a light in the world, a light to the world. He has placed His Holy Spirit within you. He has forgiven your sins. He has washed away all your stains and made you clean. And in your baptism, He has made you a part of His body on earth. Our purpose is to shine. In Matthew 5, in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching his disciples, his followers, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We, the church, are the poor in spirit, who recognize by his word our abject need for a Savior, that we bring nothing but our sin to the table. We are those who mourn. We mourn for the whole human race, for paradise lost, for the fall into sin. And we are the meek, those who simply receive His grace, forgiven sinners who are reborn through water and the Word. And then Jesus goes on to say, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Jesus is the light. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When we come in contact with the light, when we are filled with Jesus Christ, we become light as well. A little girl was listening well in Sunday school, and on the way home she was talking to her mother. She said, our teacher today said that God is bigger than we are. Her mother, glad that her daughter had been listening in class, said, Yes, that's right. And the little girl said, The teacher said that God is inside us. Her mother responded, Yes, that's right too. The little girl thought for a moment, then said, But wouldn't he show through? As redeemed children of God, as part of His kingdom, we are blessed with the forgiveness of every sin and are full heirs of heaven. We are invited to feast at God's table, part of the fellowship of believers of every time and every place. And our calling is to take God's blessings into this dark world, to shine like the brightest beacon in the darkest night, to bring the good news of Christ to a world that is frenzied and chaotic and lost, a world that desperately needs to encounter Jesus. John tells us that Jesus is the light and that the darkness has not overcome the light. Darkness tried. The body of Jesus was sealed in the darkness of the tomb. There he lay, in the complete darkness of death. But death and darkness could not hold the light of life. The light conquered the darkness, 
Life conquered death, and Jesus, the light of the world, took his life up again and rose from the dead. And he offers his light to all who would believe in him. You are the light because Jesus is the light. You shine the light like a city on a hill because you can do nothing else. You have Christ within you, and he shows through. You have the Holy Spirit within you. Therefore you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. Alexander McLaren was Scottish and a, a popular British preacher in the latter half of the 1800s. He announced that he would preach four sermons on basic Christianity. He convinced an unconverted friend to attend. After the four sermons, his friend told McLaren that he wanted to become a Christian. McLaren was, of course, very delighted. He asked his friend which sermon had influenced him the most. And he answered that while the sermons were logical and beneficial, they were not what had changed his mind about Christ. One freezing day, he said, I was helping an elderly lady navigate an icy sidewalk. She looked up at me and said, I wonder, sir, if you know my Savior, Jesus Christ. He is everything in the world to me. I would like you to know him too. And when I saw the joy in her face, I knew I wanted it too. Therefore you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. In Ezekiel this morning we read, God has no pleasure in the death of anyone. That's why he's left us, his church, in this dark world, so that Christ who is in us might shine through and be a beacon to the darkness, so that we can speak the good news of the gospel to all who will listen, because God would have all men to be saved. May the Holy Spirit use us and work through his word entrusted to the church that many, many people might know the love of God in Christ and know the joys of eternal light and life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. <laughs>